Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello everyone and welcome back to Pixels, the show where we cover the video game news for the past couple of weeks, try to give it a, a little bit of an analysis spin. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the news from BlizzCon, or rather commentary, because I'm sure by now everyone has heard everything there is to know about that. Uh, we'll talk about the Nintendo Direct, which is the first one that happened after the untimely death of Satoru Iwata, and we will uh, talk about about Activision Blizzard buying Candy Crush and a bunch of other things, including the games that came out uh, in the past couple of weeks. My name is Patrick Beja, and before we start, and I introduce my co-host for the day, um, I just want to mention the fact that we're recording this show two or three days after the events in Paris. Obviously, most of you know that I am French and that I do live in Paris. Uh, I wasn't there at the time. I was in Helsinki for a couple of days, um, but obviously it was a, a trying time, and uh, I'm not going to get into a lot of it. I just want to say, I just want to mention, I've been saying that on, on different podcasts, but I just want to mention the fact that a lot of you guys uh, listening, who are, who are regular listeners to, to the show, uh, sent some well wishes and some messages on, on Twitter and Facebook, and you know, and it does, it did uh, help a lot, you know, it made a little bit of... Uh, uh, a little bit of light in this relatively dark uh, few days. So I just wanted to take a moment and thank you, everyone, um, for doing that. It did count. It's not a meaningless gesture. It does help. So thank you so much for doing that and for sending the good thoughts. But we shouldn't let uh, those people change us and change our, our our everyday life. And this is why we're doing this show. We're going to be talking about video games and having fun because we can. So let's do that. Uh, and I'm getting to the introduction of my co-host, Ed Mitchell. How are you doing? You've, you're back Hi. after uh, a couple of months. Um, how How have these couple of months been? They've been good. I mean, actually, uh, last night I first dove into uh, Fallout 4 for the first time, so having a lot of fun with that. So I'm happy to be back. Well, good. You'll be able to um, let us know what you think of the game. I haven't had time to dive into any of those games that have uh, recently been released. Uh, I just ordered my Tomb Raider, uh, my Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, but there, it's it's this time of the year where there are so many things coming out. Uh, that you know, it's it's just so much fun that it's too much fun to take in at once. So um, yeah, most of my friends on on the website were like, um, were like, 
all into Fallout 4, but I decided to hold off a minute, and I played StarCraft 2 for the most of the week this week and finished that up. So You finished the campaign? Did. Yeah, sure did. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll talk about that too, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even mention, but you're from the Four Players Network. Um, you do some work for those guys there. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, you, you guys know about games. Sure do. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about BlizzCon. I think uh, I've been playing uh, a lot of Blizzard games, uh, and we're going to get to that. Just want to ask, uh, last time you were on, I basically raved about Destiny and, and couldn't stop talking about my love for the game. I've kept playing uh-huh. for a few weeks after that. And, you know, I've been, it was occupying all of my time. Um, and you, it, I guess, got infected by my enthusiasm as you were not the only one who, who would have been waxed poetically about Destiny. Um, and I, I went ahead and, and bought it um, on the on my Xbox and I was playing it. I got up to about level 12 before I decided to kind of take a break again. I, I'm not sure I, that the intro leveling experience from 125 well, it might be improved, it just hadn't gotten to the point where it was, like, really sticking in me. I played a little bit of PvP, too. That was a lot of fun. Um, but I think if I'm ever going to dive into it again, I think I'm just going to use my level 25 boost and start straight from the Taken King stuff. Mm, might Yeah, it might be worth it. If it's not for you from the beginning, it might be worth just diving into the Taken King stuff. But um yeah. So it didn't. It didn't do it for you from the get go. That's okay. It's. it's... It, I mean, it was. It, don't get me wrong. It was still a lot of fun. I enjoyed the shooting and and, and that stuff. Um, I think that around the same time was when uh, Metal Gear Solid Five was coming out. So I decided to deep dive into the Metal Gear series ah. for the very first time. You chose your I, camp. Yeah. Well, I started and and, and started p- playing one and I, now I'm like part part of the way through 4 so I haven't even started Metal Gear Solid 5 yet so wow okay yeah <laughs> yeah okay so yeah I guess I mean you know it's funny I've had some people uh I think a majority of the people who ended up uh buying the game because of mine and others recommendations uh, I'm talking about Destiny again um were happy with it some people weren't and it's funny they were kind of half apologetic half saying you know i don't get it or and i i I answer to those guys and girls you know it's okay not everyone is gonna like every game and it's fine Mm -hmm. it's just it's no problem you don't have to it's kind of like uh, they don't understand why they don't like it or maybe they're missing something sometimes there's just you just don't like it for example i don't think i'm i'm uh, uh, a client of fallout and i think a lot of people just gasped just now when they when I said that so yeah I think uh, just to talk about Fallout real quick I I played like a couple hours of Fallout 3 I, I was streaming it and um it was fun but it wasn't like something that really grabbed me but I don't know what it is I, maybe it's the the fact that it actually looks good this time <laughs> um but I I played like 4 or 5 hours of it of fallout 4 and i'm just in love with it already so okay all right well we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later uh but for now let's get into blizzcon uh we're going to talk about overwatch wow hearthstone hots uh the other hots and i guess or love <laughs> and uh and diablo a little bit uh but first the warcraft movie trailer i think there's a lot of uh uh 
it was presented for the first time there. There's a lot of, of ambivalent feeling feelings. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, surreal nature of it is is turning a lot of people off and or making a lot of people uncertain about what they're going to think. What what did you what did you think about the trailer? I I liked it, but I'm a huge fan of WoW, so I'm a little bit biased in that. But um, I thought it it did kind of come off. There's a little bit of Uncanny Valley going on, just a little bit. But honestly, I'm really excited for the movie, and nothing can really stave that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I'm a little bit like you. Um, I do, you know, I did expect the game to look, it feels like it's sort of a midway between the cinematics from uh, the cinematics team at Blizzard and an actual realistic movie. And it is kind of weird to have those two mixed. It's definitely, but I think they're not going for a realistic look in the sense that Avatar has a realistic look. They're not trying to portray this uh, as you know, realistically as possible, how these creatures will look in real life. There is some kind of uh, fantasy element to it. And I think uh-huh. it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, once you get into the the movie itself, you forget about that that difference and you, you just enjoy the fantasy for what it is. But uh, I personally like it. And obviously, I'm going to go see the movie. But yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a huge Warcraft fan in general. So <laughs> it's going to happen. Who isn't? Well, some people might not be, but even those, I suspect, if you're a gamer, you're probably going to watch, go watch the movie. Yeah. Um, Overwatch, uh, I, a couple of very big news. The, the first one was that, obviously, everyone was expecting it to be a free-to-play game. It isn't. Uh, it's, it costs 40 euros on PC, and there's a special edition, an Origins edition, that costs 60 euros on PC, Xbox One, and PS4, which also is, uh, you know, mentioned... Uh, which also uh, means that it's coming out on consoles, uh, which that wasn't a big surprise. Um, yeah. The Origins editions has, had, edition has a bunch of skins, uh, a bunch of stuff for other Blizzard games, including a uh, Tracer character for Heroes of the Storm. Um, yeah, Overwatch, uh, are you in the beta? Have you I am been not. following it? Okay. Um, but I have been following it, so I'm, I'm really excited to play it when, whenever I get in the, in the beta, but... Um, actually, the the pricing structure was not surprising to me at all. I ha- I had kind of an inkling that that they were going to go with uh, a pay to pay to play or or whatever or whatever you want to call it. I think it. pay to play um, is the is the the term yeah. we've stopped on now. Yeah. So um, I the way that the heroes is structured didn't make sense for free to play and where you pay for for heroes at least at the start. So I, I have a feeling they, that they're going to open some sort of store. Whether they sell heroes and that is kind of unclear this at this time, but um, definitely sell skins and things like that. But yeah, the the pricing structure seems reasonable to me. Forty dollars for the base edition—that sounds awesome. I mean, get, getting people in on a lower price point than the sixty-dollar price point sounds good to me. Yeah, it seems a little bit pricey for sixty dollars um, for what is basically a competitive, you know, only PvP shooter. Uh, traditionally, you need a solo element to the game to sell it on consoles um but for me i have been completely engrossed in overwatch i think if you um remember how how ecstatic i was about destiny a couple of months ago that's how i am now about overwatch Uh 
it is such a fun game. And I'm not traditionally a PvP shooter, uh, you know, FPS guy. And I, I said that a couple of weeks ago on the previous episode, but I'm having so much fun. And the new characters that were uh, released, announced and released are so cool. And, you know, I think I'm trying to to understand why I enjoy the game so much. And I think one of the reasons uh, might be that it allows you to embody the fantasy that each character represents very well. If you're, you know, the uh, flying uh, mech security person with the rocket launcher and the, um, you know, the the rocket boosters, you're going to be playing that character and no other character is going to feel the same. There's a very unique feeling about that thing and it plays like it it should play out in your mind um if you're playing the cyber ninja uh you're going to be you know throwing shurikens for a lot of the the game but then you get in and you put take out your sword and you're deflecting all kinds of bullets and getting in close and going through the opponent with your with your uh sword and you know it feels incredibly uh, appropriate for that um for that character and it plays like you think it should play uh similarly with you know there were a couple of other characters may which uh sort of freezes enemies and raises an actual like a wall of of frost uh in the levels which is insanely cool and fun to do um there's diva which is a uh, mech driving uh korean star starcraft 2 or starcraft champion uh girl uh and she can throw the mech and make it explode basically there's an auto destruct that is insanely fun to do when you understand how it works it's 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 just pure fun and the games are five to ten minutes long so even if you lose it doesn't uh it doesn't take too long for you to lose and you're still feeling like you're contributing most of the time. Um, there's a lot of the support and tank heroes that play a huge role. I mean, I think it's a really well-rounded game and I I honestly can't wait until more people can can play it. Um, that You mentioned the question about the business model going forward after that um, original edition it they they a lot of people wanted them to say how it's going to be and they didn't and some people thought it was because they were being cagey and they didn't want to say whether or not they were what they were going to sell was it going to be expansions was it going to be additional heroes and um i think they honestly you know they have ideas of course but i honestly think they haven't decided mm-hmm. uh, having experience in the company and knowing how these things work to an extent i mean i don't know for sure but I, I honestly think they haven't decided for sure. I, I'm sure they're going to sell stuff. Skins is almost a given. I think there was even a uh, a little a kind of leak from a product page on a on a Battle.net site uh, that mentioned in-game purchases or something like that. I, that is almost a given. The big question is about heroes and are they going to sell heroes in some form or another or are they going to be just selling cosmetic stuff? I think now that you have a basic roster of heroes that can do anything you need to do, I think it would be definitely possible to add heroes for pay. I just don't know if they're going to do it or not. Maybe it's going to be expansions. Maybe, I don't know. But um, that was the big question, I guess. Yeah, I think from what I can 
just kind of feel uh, I have a feeling that they're just going to release expansions and which will have it the additional heroes in there and then whatever kind of microtransactions they will be doing will be completely um cosmetic mm, so it would be yeah expansions for heroes mm-hmm. it's possible it does splinter the, the player base to an extent but it's not like you can't play the game if you don't buy the additional heroes and if they do their job well um it's not going to be unbalanced it's just going to be different types of heroes so We'll see, but it's a delicate balance to strike. Um, they also announced there was going to be cinematic shorts from the cinematics team at Blizzard, and that looks awesome. There's one on mm-hmm. the origins of, of Winston, the giant ape, um, and it, he's so cute when he's a baby and a bunch <laughs> of stuff. Um, they also announced something, basically confirmed something, which made a lot of people unhappy, is the fact that there's no Mac version. Yeah, okay. that was surprising to me. Mm. It's they didn't give a clear explanation. What they said was the state of the uh, Macintosh hard, the Macintosh ecosystem, basically is not conducive. I'm paraphrasing, but not conducive to a good experience. And I think what it means is uh, it doesn't work uh, because Macs, so many Macs have a very low power graphics card nowadays. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the reason, but uh, it didn't stop that before. Um, I've installed Bootcamp, you know, Windows through Bootcamp on my MacBook Pro. It's a 13-inch Retina from this year, so it's a recent one, but it doesn't have a discrete graphics card. Um, on Windows, on Bootcamp, the game runs. The drivers aren't great, so I'm guessing... It doesn't run as well as it could, but it runs on low settings at about 30 frames per second. But low settings is is not pretty. Yeah, um, I'm sure. So, yeah, there, there, a lot of people angry. You know, a lot of people are... There was someone who, who came to the Q&A and said, you know, I'm not a gamer. I'm a Blizzard gamer and I'm on a Mac. And I think a lot of people feel that way. But unfortunately, uh, I don't see the Mac version happening. So you can still buy a console. Soon. Yeah, yeah, maybe at some point, but um, you can still buy it on console. Um, there's no PC to console crossplay though. It's it that makes it interesting for esports. Are, is the PC going to be the esports platform, or are they going to have multiple leagues? I, I would have to guess the PC would be the mm. be the esports platform. The, the no PC consoles crossplay makes perfect sense to me. I mean, yeah. it, the people playing keyboard and mouse against people playing on the console on a controller could could potential cause potentially cause balancing issues. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What I would hope that they would have would still be uh, a, a synchronization of the Battle.net account level. Like, there is probably, they're certainly going to add game modes uh, yeah. and character progression and stuff like that and, you know, daily quests and these kinds of things, I'm guessing. Um, I would hope that the character levels and all of that, trans, you know, transfer from... Uh, console from version to version even if you can't play one against the other because i would like to be able to have my you know to play on my playstation when i'm somewhere and play on my pc when when i'm somewhere else uh but they haven't confirmed that yeah Um, i mean they with diablo they they didn't do that they had their characters were completely separate on the console versions but at the same time, I think Diablo is a little bit more complicated as far as transferring over the character data between the two different. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of way to sync your characters, whether it's uh, syncing just your purchases and you're able to play, like have your Widowmaker 
um, extra skin or whatever on your on your both versions, or if there's if there's some sort of level up system, whether they ha- add those two. Yeah, uh, I think on Diablo, especially the versions were not exactly equivalent. It wasn't yeah. you know the patches on the at the same time and all of this. So maybe on Overwatch, which was thought from the get go as a, a a console game as well, maybe they're gonna make this possible. But uh, we'll see. Um, they did address the question of different modes though, and they said that they try they've tried different things, and some of the traditional game modes aren't. Um, um appropriate for overwatch like if you have a capture the flag mode you're going to have one character which is has a lot of mobility like tracer she's going to be capturing the flag all the time and you're going to have six tracers but then it's too strong so you have to restrict her ability to the point that she doesn't feel like tracer anymore so probably not capture the flag but they did say that they're working on new modes and they're hoping to bring some uh, to the game um they also said character progression and level uh, you know player progression is a tricky thing because if you make it so you have character levels then people want to play that character for the level and not because you need a, a different character like if you need to be playing something else and you're close to reaching your next level with the character you're playing now you're probably not going to switch and that is detrimental to the team play so they're working on other things and uh Hopefully, yeah. I'm, ho- I'm right. hoping that if there's any kind of leveling system, it's it's mostly cosmetic, and you, you get all that you have all the abilities on all the characters unlocked at the very start, and then like as you play, you can earn gold or whatever, so you can spend stuff on skins and things like that. Yeah, I think it's a given that it's going to be cosmetic. I mean, the fact that they went for a, uh, but it, it would be cosmetic anyway. But the fact that they went for a. Uh, uh, gameplay over a business model i think it would there would have been a way to make it work on free to play like you know make a number of characters accessible from the get-go and uh you know i don't know but i i don't think there's going to be like unlock an additional ability by leveling that wouldn't make sense because the character work the characters work with all of their abilities as you know a cohesive uh experience so mm-hmm. Um, World of Warcraft Legion, we've had a bunch of uh, additional pieces of information and the cinematic. Uh, what did you think of the cinematic? It was incredible. I mean, there, there's a, it didn't, it didn't hide the fact that it was trying to throw back to, um, old, the cinematics, like the Wrath of the Lich King cinematic. Um, it, it threw back there with the script and, and stuff like that, but Man, watching uh, Varian, Sylvanas go go at the the demons and team up together was awesome and amazing, and I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing why and how they managed to form some kind of pact to to work together. Um, but man, I was really worried at the very end that they were going to kill a Varian in the cinematic, <laughs> which would have been insane. But um, man, every time I see those cinematics, I'm just blown out of the water. I, I I, I love them so much. So, I you know I was watching it live with the virtual ticket, and uh, I had a few uh, people. I was streaming basically my reaction to the intro, uh, to the uh, opening ceremony. With we were watching mm-hmm. it together with a bunch of of people on stream, basically. And yeah. when they did that, and I, I hope by now you've seen the cinematic. If you haven't, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, when you think that Varian is going to die, I was. 
Like I had my my head in my hands. I was <laughs> having palpitations. It was it was insane. And the quality of that thing is so high. It's it's really mind blowing what they're managing to do. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, the game itself is very different, uh, but I think there there is a lot to like in that um, in that new version of WoW. Um, I, it's no secret that you know people are, are playing less, especially now that there's basically no content. Uh, oh, I forgot to say, Overwatch release window spring 2016, so uh, prob- be- before um, June 21st, and uh, I'm guessing that they have it targeted for let's say march uh, 2016 and uh that they are, they're giving themselves some leeway and uh because there's always delays uh so yeah that that's overwatch for wow it's going to come out in summer so before september 21st 2016 that's a long time away you know yeah so- i mean the 6.2 just came out in uh in june well not just but came out in mm. june and so it if they wait till September, that would be the longest time between the last content patch and uh, the new expansion, um, and that includes Miss, which was thirteen months. And that's crazy. Yeah, I don't think they're going to wait that long. I think again, they're giving themselves some leeway uh, in case they don't come out when they hope they will, which could be you know yeah. June or or July. Um, but uh, and you know we're, we've seen a lot of uh, character. Uh, deep deep dives on the blog which i think i suspect means the beta is just around the corner maybe in a few weeks after uh uh thanksgiving um but the what i take away from the presentations at blizzcon is i i think it's they're doing really well on refocusing on uh what the core game is they have a focus on dungeons with a new type of challenge modes, which basically you have the dungeons, then the heroic dungeons, and then the challenge modes, which are accessed with a kind of a keystone, which makes it kind of like a greater rift in yeah, they're Diablo. Very, the, the, there's a lot of things that remind me, reminded me of Diablo, but the, the challenge mode dungeons look really cool. I mean, when, when I was... I did ta- challenge modes in, in WoW, and um, the fact that they were timed and you had to basically rush through them as quickly as possible to get to the end kind of turned me off to, to playing them over and over again. The only reason we, we did in, in miss was to sell them for other people to get the gear. And, <laughs> and the thing is that now with the, since the rewards are all weapons, not everyone is all excited about just getting a single weapon as their transmog. So, I mean, we haven't been able to, to sell them as, as much as we did in Miss. But um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the, the differences and, and stuff like that. So, du- so Dungeon Challenge Mode, as you mentioned here, it, it could be an alternative to raiding and something that someone could do for 15 minutes um, one day and then they get a piece of gear and that's 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 their time investment that they put into the game to get better gear, which is, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going in and different affixes and 
being them dropping fire on the ground after they're dead just sounds awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think the, those affixes are a key part of it. On, I mean, the keystones you increase their power, and it becomes the dungeon becomes more and more difficult as you increase the power of the keystone that you found. Mm-hmm. And those affixes can really change the way you approach it. So you can have you, you mentioned dropping fire after they die, or uh, an enrage on some monsters that uh, basically it changes the properties of the dungeons, making them more and more difficult uh and the rewards are you know equivalent to the difficulty so it can be really fun i think it's going to need coordinated teams which yeah oh yeah definitely mm. definitely but um but that so basically making the dungeons uh, a core part of the game again it's kind of all right we've had the farm we've had the garrison we had this and that now we're make doing quests going into the dungeons and that's what we do and raid of course but uh um, the quests, they're also going to be, the leveling experience is not going to be constrained by zones. You're going to be able to go anywhere and it's going to scale with your level, which I think is a, is a smart move. You can just give people more choice. Um, and then you're going to have the end game uh, zone, which is level 110. Um which is Suramar, where you can go. Uh, it's also going to scale with your friends. If you have a friend who's a much lower level than you in that expansion, uh, you can go quest in a, in a different zone and you're going to be appropriate for uh, that zone, both of you at the same time. That's, that's kind of cool. Uh, the daily quests are not exactly daily quests. They're more like Hearthstone or Heroes of the Storm daily quests. They're... Uh, uh, there's people who come in to, um, you know, your, there are emissaries that come into your glass hole and you can have three of them at the same time or one of them is going to stay for a week. So you don't have that feeling that you have to go in every day to complete your daily quests. Um, the the demon hunter seems super fun. Um, I he has a double jump and a kind of a glide and a, a rush and you know it's so much to talk about. Uh, I'm actually I I'm really looking forward to seeing what Legion makes of WoW and I'm certain I'm gonna come back for you know at least a, a few months as I do yeah. now for these expansions. Uh, they also mentioned they're down to 5.5 million subscribers. Uh, that's down 100,000 from the last number, which is less than I would have thought. Uh, and the subscriber n- numbers are not going to be given out anymore. So that's it. We're not going to be, uh, they're not going to live and die by the numbers of active yeah. subscribers they have, which they've been trying to get away from it for a long time. But uh, Yeah, and I can understand it from a business perspective. I'm a little disappointed because that was something uh, a- transparency thing that i always enjoyed because i always it was always nice to, for me to know the the state of the game based on the subscriber and but i can understand it from a business perspective so mm. i'm not too too hung up on it uh yeah that's always the thing you know oh they're less than the 12 million they were five yeah. years ago and you're exactly. like yes but um and and i think as things keep going i it's not you know, it, it's not surprising that the game, it's probably going to go back up a, a significant amount when Legion comes out. And then it's going to dip back down probably even more than the 5.5 million. So it's always going to be that if they kept giving out the numbers, it, it would be the constant downslope of, ah, oh, the, the wow is not what it used to be. Now it's just going to be, people are still going to assume, but... Uh, and, anyway. and I don't know, maybe if they didn't make such a big deal of it at each quarterly quarterly earnings, maybe if it was yearly, then it, it wouldn't be as as bad. But them not doing it anymore is just a little disappointing to me, that's all. 
Yeah, I think they're going to be giving probably active uh, Balnet uh, accounts or a different kind of metric, yeah, probably. Right. And and th- those numbers are going to be a lot bigger, obviously, because you know you include everyone. And, uh, and the way that the way they said it, it was it was that it's not that we're not going to ever give them out anymore. It basically sounds like if we're up, then we're gonna <laughs> then we're gonna tell you about it. But if we're down, we're not going yeah. to. Yeah, it's possible. Um, Hearthstone, uh, there's a new adventure that was announced and that was made available like in the, the few days Thursday. after. <laughs> yeah, Thursday. Uh, and, uh, it's the League of Explorers. It's super fun and cute. Uh, there are a bunch of different characters. It's, uh, I love Finley McMurgleton, which is an explorer murloc. How awesome is he? Um, there's a new keyword. The keyword is discover, which is an interesting concept. I'm not sure. I wasn't sure how it was going to work out. But uh, basically, uh, you can have a keyword, for example, on a card, which is discover a card uh, that costs one mana. And uh, at, when you play it, it's going to show you three cards that are appropriate for your deck or and or the opposing deck and uh, you're going to choose one so it's kind of a way to include some fun randomization while still keeping it contained uh, i think it, it it's pretty clever um, one of the cards is completely insane it's super fun but it's very hard to play the golden monkey replaces all of your cards with legendaries and that means the cards in your hand the in the cards in your deck um, I don't think it's going to see a lot of play, but w- when it does, it's really fun um, that it happens. Uh, and I've played, um, I've played the first part of that uh, uh, that that League of Explorers adventure. Um, you know, it was it was actually on uh, on Saturday or Friday, and uh, the things were happening, and I was kind of down and i was like okay i'm just gonna turn off the news and and do something different for a little (laughs) bit and it was such a a breath of fresh air and a nice moment to just relax and have that little moment in time and it was fun it was really fun i really loved it the the mechanics what they're managing to do with the mechanics of the game i mean there was the co-op brawl uh last week which was fun. I think the UI was it was a little bit disappointing that you had one the the boss that the both that the two characters were playing against was just you know a card changing sides on the board, uh, and that was it. It was a little bit disappointing in that way, but um, the gameplay was certainly fun. And here, uh, the last part of the first wing um, that has been made available is you trying to get away to run away from the temple in which you've just stolen an artifact. <laughs> and it's it's just, it's silly when you see how it works. Mechanically, it makes complete sense, but it's so clever, so clever, so cleverly, uh, you know, designed and and put together. It's really in these instances that you understand the difference between some game designer that creates something generic and a... a a game designer that creates something with a little bit extra, you know, with something that sets it apart. So if if you haven't played uh, Hearthstone in a while, I'd encourage you to check it out. That adventure is really fun. Um, Heroes of the Storm. I, my understanding is uh, you don't really play Hearthstone or, or Heroes of the Storm, right? Yeah, I mean, I've played a little bit of Hearthstone, but I haven't even dove into Heroes at all, so... 
I, you know, I keep saying heroes is not my thing. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. And uh, again, during this weekend, I was I couldn't play Overwatch because I wasn't home and I only had my Mac. And you know, <laughs> I played one game on boot camp and it was depressing, so I stopped. Um, and after Hearthstone, I was looking for something else to do to occupy my mind. And I figured, you know. My friend Scott Johnson raves about Hearth, uh, Heroes of the Storm. Uh, Jeff Kanata, many other people love it. I'm just going to give it yet another try. It was maybe the third or fourth time I was trying to get to to play a couple of games. Um, and for some reason, I'm I think I'm starting to understand it now a little bit more. And uh, I've been playing, you know, I've played maybe five, six games in the past two days, and it's. I'm finding the fun in there, and it's actually quite fun. So I don't know how much more I'm going to be playing, but now, uh, full disclosure, before we started the show, I was a little bit late because I was finishing <laughs> up a game that went a little bit long. So um, I bought I bought a couple of heroes. I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. It was like the starter pack, which costs how much, like three euros, and and one hero I had enough gold for. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but anyway, they announced uh, a, a new mode, the Arena, which is basically, if you know MOBAs, it's all random, all mid, kind of. Uh, it's a very small arena with one objective and everyone's in the middle. And you, you could choose one character out of three that are randomly se- selected for you. Um, and that's a very hectic mode. We'll see what how it turns out. Uh, new heroes, again, Greymane, Lunara, which is a uh, dryad, and... The crazy, craziest character there is, Shogal, which is actually one hero played by two characters at the same time. So one of them controls the Cho head. He's a big ogre. Um, The Cho head, which also uh, controls the movements, and he's kind of a bruiser type character. And another player controls the uh, wizard head, which is a spell caster. Uh, And it's actually a recruitment mechanic for the game. Uh, Everyone at BlizzCon and everyone who has a virtual ticket is going to get that character character for free and other players can get it if they play two games with that uh, person who already has Shogal. So I think it's it's a really fun idea. I'm not sure how competitive or serious the character is going to be, yeah. but it certainly seems like a cool idea. And there's also a new map, the Towers of Doom, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that that it'll even be used in any kind of competitive thing because you end up having only four heroes on the map instead of five as a result because two players are playing one hero. So Yeah, but th- that one is very powerful. It's as powerful yeah. as, as two heroes. So Yeah. The thing is, like, coverage-wise, you, you lose out on a lot of coverage by only I having guess. four characters. I guess, but it's it's not different from when you have Abathur, who is a specialist hero who stays in the base and who sort of hops on to True. another True. hero. So um, I love how they're they're breaking the rules with uh, with that game and trying different fun things. Mm-hmm. So um, and you're not you're not interested in trying it out at all after uh, having seen this. I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, Gray Man looks really awesome. I love the ability to like kind of jump in and go on melee and then jump back and 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 shoot your gun or whatever. So uh, I wouldn't completely write me off on heroes yet. But um, man, I. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> There's, I, I think the way I'm, I'm starting to understand it is that this is not a shooter type Twitch game. There's some yeah. twitchiness to it, but it's more, you know, select the target you're attacking and then 
select the abilities you're going to be using and they're every you know five to ten seconds so it's not hectic pressing 15 million keys at a time it's more planning things out a little bit and i think i was approaching it more like a super hectic thing so I don't know. Um, we'll see. Uh, StarCraft II, um, they also announced the post-Legacy uh, of the Void uh, plans and that Legacy of the Void expansion, which is actually a standalone. You can get it even if you don't have the other games. But uh, you, you, uh, it came out this last week. Uh, and they're going to have mission packs. I, it, I, it wasn't clear if they're going to sell those or if they're going to be free. I think. It, yeah, that was the thing. Like them. they, they said at the very beginning of the future of StarCraft Two panels that they were, they were going to. Some of the things that we're going to talk about were going to be paid. Some of them weren't. I have a feeling that the mission packs are going to be paid for, um, and you'll probably be able to pre-purchase like all three of the mission packs um, at when the first one comes out for a reduced price or whatever. Um, but and then the. the the other things, which we'll talk about in a second, but the arcade features, the co-op missions, things like that won't be paid for. So, Right, right. Um, there are also units, unit skins, uh, voice packs, stuff like that. But the mission packs is, the first one is going to be Nova Covert Ops. People mm-hmm. will remember Nova. It's three times three missions. Uh, so three packs of three missions. Um, and there's the co-op missions that we've... Uh, learned about uh, before in uh, Legacy of the Void, which is also an interesting thing. There are six different characters you can play, six commanders. Um, that That's something that I think could be interesting for people who are intimidated by the uh, PvP aspect of uh, mm-hmm. of StarCraft II and who might still want to play with friends. I, I, StarCraft II is also... I mean, I ordered it basically because i want to keep my collector's edition collection complete yeah uh, and also i just <laughs> want to have it um but yeah so i ordered it just more because of the the it's the one collection i have uh then because i really really want to play it i'm still gonna play it at some point but um and, but you know maybe I, those co-op missions it's it's just a matter of time you know there are so many things we've been talking just about blizzard for the past what is it 40 minutes all of those games could be your entire life for a, a significant amount of time and still there are um there are more things and more fun things that we can uh look forward to in the gaming industry and yes i've seen your collection of collector's <laughs> editions sir uh, it's it's quite impressive as well yeah the 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 just about the co-op missions real quick i, I got a chance to play um co-op missions with a friend over the weekend and they're they're really cool the ability that the fact that you like choose a different commander and you have different units and different upgrades based on the commander and as you level them up you get new cool abilities most of them are from the campaign um, the only problem I have with the co-op missions right now, there's only five options, five missions that you can choose from. And right. that, and so that it can get repetitive pretty fast. Very repetitive. Mm. And there's, there's something to be said about if you're playing, um, like, what we would used to do is we would play, like, two versus AI, like, a lot. We would play just over and over again, and, and eventually we would get tired of it. But having six characters, all of which you have to level up to 15, so that's, like, probably close to 25-ish games, um, it, it, a little, maybe a little bit less per character, That that's just having the same five missions over and over again. I wish there was just a little bit more depth to it. Um, mm. But it sounds like from, from the StarCraft panel that I was talking about earlier that they're going to add a lot more depth. They're going to add an additional character, Faith Smith Carax from the campaign. 
um, is going to be a character there, and it's going to be all about the Spear of Adun abilities that you get during the campaign. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm just hoping that they add a lot more uh, kind of depth and, and more missions and stuff to it. It's possible if <clears throat> if they see it's getting some play there, they could add to it. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I suspect it might not happen, but we'll see. Uh, there is also improving the PvP in a significant way. Uh, there's the Arkan uh, mode where two players play the same uh, base, basically the same mm-hmm. uh, unit. Uh, they're improving the MMR, giving it uh, per race MMR, both for unranked and, and possibly for ranked. Um, there's a, a different system for MMR transparency, a bunch of stuff. Uh, the most significant thing, though, is that for Legacy of the Void, they're reducing dramatically the they're fastening the the increasing the pace of the game significantly it's uh it's basically you have a lot more uh, resource gatherers and a lot less resources in the beginning so what it means is the games instead of lasting about 40 minutes they're probably going to be lasting about 20 minutes uh, which I think is good for the dynamic uh, aspect of the game and the watchability of the game. And uh, so, yeah, now that Legacy of the Void is out, it's only uh, the the game that is going to be played in StarCraft. And I don't know if you've watched the finals of the StarCraft II Championship, uh, you know, the World uh, yeah, not Series. It, it That last game between Life and SOS was crazy, crazy. Yeah. It was it was. I, really I always fun. do, like, I mean, I'm not a huge, like esports like all the time watcher but i do like watching the finals of all the games that are at blizzcon just to kind of watch what the top people can do um i'm not a big starcraft pvp person um i mostly like i mentioned mostly like to play two versus ai but um one thing they did mention is that uh random if you're a random player with a separate mmr pro race the idea is that the game would know um what race you are going to do before they they matchmake you um, but everything in the UI would still display as random, so you don't you don't actually know till you're actually in the game. Mm. But the game would be able to match you appropriately based on what the what the role is there. So that's cool too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If you want to watch those uh, finals for you know, I I like Hearthstone and uh, and StarCraft. I watch them occasionally, not a lot, but definitely the finals. It's at uh, BlizzCon.com. You don't need a virtual ticket to watch the esports stuff. Um, Diablo got kind of the short end of the stick. There was no big <laughs> announcement. Uh, patch 2.4, it's a bunch of content, one new zone, two expanded areas, the set dungeons, which gives you stuff to do when you have gathered a complete set, tons and tons of new bounties, the bounty grounds, which honestly, I don't even remember what they are, but I remember <laughs> they sounded like a cool thing. Um, a revamp to some of the UI, a uh, bunch of stuff, but it's not a big announcement. I'm guessing we might get something big next year, maybe another yeah, expansion I mean, maybe I, I was surprised I was game? really think I was really thinking with how little there was I thought there was to talk about WoW and and StarCraft with the those two expansions um that we were going to get a huge Diablo drop but mostly I mean I felt like this BlizzCon was pretty well balanced on on all the games they kind of talked about every single one pretty equally so yeah yeah um, and then there's uh, something that wasn't at BlizzCon, but uh, apparently they're hiring engineers to, quote, restore StarCraft, WarCraft 3, and Diablo 2 to glory. So being making them uh, playable on the modern systems uh, in a proper way. It, 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 some people even whispered something about a, a 
HD version of revamped graphics. I don't think that's going to happen. I just think they're looking for people for to make sure that the games run properly on Windows 10, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's that's going to be it for BlizzCon. Uh, obviously, it was the biggest part of, of the show today. Um, it's really something, you know, it was the first time I didn't go there physically in a very, very long time. I think I only missed the first one. And this one, uh, it was a strange experience to watch it from afar. I, I missed being there, of course. I think I might go next time. But uh, but it was also nice to not have to, you know, be on a plane for 12 hours and go, come back three days later. So, um, but but it was definitely, I, I did miss it and I was very jealous of my friends who were there. But, uh, you know, I've been there seven or eight times already, so... Um, and then the, the Nintendo Direct happened last week, and that was, as I mentioned, the first one since uh, Satoru Iwata uh, unfortunately passed away a few months ago. Um, it was uh, it wasn't there wasn't anything incredible. There was a bunch of Zelda. They just mentioned uh, that the Wii U version of Zelda is still coming out in 2016. That it will have amiibo mm-hmm. functionality, whatever. Um, and they didn't mention anything about the, the Nintendo NX, of course. Uh, but then there's like Twilight Princess HD on on Wii U. Uh, there's Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks on Wii U. Uh, they're very old DS games. Yeah. Um, but the thing that sort of got me the, the most... Uh, not even excited, but I think was the most significant piece of news for Zelda was uh, Hero Warriors, uh, the the game that came out on 3DS. I'm sorry, on on Wii U um, is coming out as we knew as a 3DS version called Hero Warriors Hyrule Warriors Legends, uh, and it will include a kind of a female Link called <laughs> Linkle. Um, yeah, which I, I mean, I think it's cool, but uh, it was cool. It was cool watching watching her. Uh her do all her attacks and stuff that she has a instead of a the spin attack she has a spin kick where she basically jumps up on and does a handstand and then spins around and and kicks all the enemies around so um the little bit of Hyrule Warriors that I have played um uh, was a lot of fun I'm kind of disappointed that Della stuff is particularly only for the DD, 3DS but I think it I think it it is coming out to all 3DS systems, not just the new 3DS. So at least it has a pretty wide net there. So maybe I will uh, buy it and try it out on 3DS. I do think it the the gameplay style definitely lends itself more to mobile than it did um, uh, the the AAA console crowd. So. You know, uh, well, first of all, I think Linkle might show up in in uh, other games and possibly in Hyrule Warriors on Wii U. Um, I think that would be surprising. Especially, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was so weird to see Nintendo actually get on the bandwagon of, you know, what maybe we do. We are <laughs> lacking some female maybe, characters. It's, maybe it's, Zel- maybe Zelda. Zelda is a girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically making uh, people Zelda. You know theorists crazy because obviously the joke has always been uh what if zelda was a girl when obviously the hero of the legend of zelda games is usually link which is a boy and zelda is the princess that he usually has to (laughs) rescue so it's it's just just funny but um you know just to make a quick aside it's very heartwarming for someone like me to see how much uh the 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 controversy about female representation in gaming has been taken to heart by 
many developers and some of the most unlikely developers like like Nintendo uh, and mm-hmm. that they're not making a big deal out of it at this stage they're just you know just paying attention to the fact that maybe they they should have uh, a little bit more female characters that are a little bit more appropriately dressed uh, usually and that can be also badass and and that's it that's yeah, all I think that there is it- to it right I think Nintendo's approach to Hyrule Warriors is we can do whatever we want. We don't have mm. to fall into the the um, hero link with the green hat saves the mm. princess like they do in the, in the main games. They can just kind of do whatever they want, and, and and who cares about the the rules of the Zelda universe there? Yeah. Um, so I'm I appreciate and, and and like I like I mentioned, Linkle is a badass. She can she can kick yeah. ass just as much as any of the other characters in in that game. And and there are like um, Zelda's in that game, Ruto is in that game. So there's plenty mm. of female c- characters that um, that are really good and, and really awesome to p- to play as. So uh, if if you're looking for that in in your Nintendo game, I definitely would give it a try. <laughs> yeah, and you know even beyond Nintendo, we've seen Assassin's Creed uh, Syndicate has a female protagonist. We have obviously Rise of the Tomb Raider. We have Overwatch has a lot of not just female characters, but very uh, you know different kinds of female characters and appropriately dressed again uh many of them are even if you have some of them that are that are sexy it's it's cool it doesn't matter as long as you it's not the only thing that you see so i think that that whole debate and that all of that ugliness we had uh you know 12 to 18 months ago has transformed into something positive and i hope it, it i hope it it lasts and that it's it keeps not being a big deal because it really doesn't need to be a big deal. It's just, mm. it can be as it is this year and it doesn't need to be anything else. It's just cool and, and appropriate. And, you know, it's, it's, I think it works the way it worked, uh, it worked out this year in most games. So, um, we were talking about Hyrule Warriors, which is basically a Sengoku Muso clone it's a very specific type of game but i yeah. i mentioned dragon Dra- hmm, dragon quest heroes i think last time which is which came out on ps4 and was a surprisingly fun game i'm really enjoying it uh, or i was until overwatch came out um but i played about i don't know 12 hours of that game and it's super fun it made me interested in dragon quest and uh there are two dragon quest games coming out on 3ds uh next year it's uh dragon quest 7 which came out in ps1 in 2000 and Dragon Quest 8 which came out on PS2 in 2004. Not sure they're going to be for me, but I got interested in the Dragon Quest universe. Uh, Fire Emblem Fates is coming out in uh, February uh, in the US. Mother 3 on the Wii U Virtual Console. Mother Mother 2 is a legendary game for those who who know it. Um bunch of other things uh i'm gonna go through it and then you can tell me what you if there's something that uh uh, stroke your fancy um uh, cloud from final fantasy 7 coming to super smash brothers that got people super excited i'm not a smash player so (laughs) i didn't really you know but uh yeah whatever uh pokemon p cross is a 3ds game free to start uh final fantasy explorer coming out in january in in the west uh pokin tournament coming out in the spring it's kind of a tekken with pokemon characters star fox zero has a date it's april 22nd it seems like it looked a little bit better than it did at e3 but i don't know if i was just expecting something horrible as i did at e3 (laughs) and um and super mario maker will have a web course uh, a web search a course search on the web that whatever 
Yeah, and what, one thing I did want to mention is they, they also talk about Xenoblade Chronicles X, um, how it's coming out in December, and you can preload the game now, um, as well as, it was kind of weird, but they had a bunch of data packs, what they called it, um, but the fact that you can preload the digital version of the game right now is really cool, and even if you um, want to buy the physical version, you can you can preload some of the, the all the data packs, and that way you don't have to download them on the first day you can just pop the disc in and play which is a really cool approach to the the more digital leaning market that we've been hitting um i think that it's if if it's something that's successful i think it could really hit it off and then we don't have to we can go back to the days where you stick a game in and play it immediately versus stick a game in and wait for it to <laughs> install and, and you know so it's- i'm really i think that's really cool yeah, it's basically Nintendo doing what the others have been doing for a while and and getting into the modern age, which, you know, that's good. Um yeah. it's they've they've also uh been making efforts with that quote unquote game they announced on phones, the Mi Tomo. Um which I, I, I as I mentioned, I think it's uh it's a way of getting their network, their new network and, and uh system ready. Yeah. More, even more than it is a game, but uh, definitely. Um, did we talk about Mitomo last time? I guess yeah. It's uh, it's a weird thing. You you send out your me and you tell him what you do, and it meets other me's, and they discuss, and then they come. Your me comes back to you and tells you what other me's have been doing. It's okay. It's a Japanese yeah. I thing. mean, I, I think it. I think it could be pretty successful in, in Japan. Um, I'm not sure if it'll be a thing in over here at all yeah um activision uh, so a couple of things first they are creating a, a studio to uh create tv and film content they're going to start with uh with uh skylanders Sk- thank you skylanders and call of duty uh i think it could be interesting to see if they do something with blizzard properties yeah uh, i mean the the for the call of duty thing i mean they had with advanced warfare they got kevin spacey to come in and and be basically frank underwood but um (laughs) i i think i think it could could be really good especially as you were about to say uh with with blizzard i mean if they if they have the resources and in time to devote to like maybe an overwatch tv series or something like that possibly using the cinematics team which would be hella expensive but um, I think it, it could be something that, that could be really cool. And I mean, this is kind of, we're be coming into a, a golden age of television and, and film. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what they, what they put out. I think the, the really exciting thing there is that we've had mixed results and usually bad results with uh, game properties and video game properties mm-hmm. yeah. coming to the small or the big screen. And the reason is the, people behind the original vision for the IP aren't in control of what's happening with the translation to the other medium. And here, it seems like it might be a a way for Activision Blizzard, at least, to stay in control of how this is, their properties are translated into another medium. Um, On my, the French version of this show, a friend of mine mentioned that it's a very Japanese approach because they have a completely transmedia approach to entertainment. You know, a video game is going to be an anime, which is going to be a toy, which is going to be everything. And in this case, they've ventured into the toy they've basically created this 
Toy to Life, uh, which is a ridiculous name, but Toy to Life <laughs> category with Skylanders. And it, it makes complete sense that they want to venture into more of that transmedia um, area. So we'll see. For now, it's only Activision publishing properties, but we'll, we'll see. Um, and talking about Activision Blizzard, uh, they just bought, or they are in the process of buying, King <laughs> for a whopping $6 billion. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> How is it possible that the creator of Candy Crush is worth $6 billion? Ed, go. Yeah, so so I looked at the their stock price, and, and their stock price started out at $25 a share and has been continuously going down. I think... I think, yeah, Blizzard, I think it was it was introduced at eighteen and then rose to quickly to twenty three or twenty five and then and right. now it's been and back now to eighteen. It, now it's been decked back down and and I don't I don't know I'm not a super awesome businessman or whatever but um, I think I think it might have been a mistake to get them in the middle of their falling um, and I don't know six billion dollars seems insane to me does it spend that much money that was that's uh, what two billion more than Star Wars and four Basically, billion more than yeah. Minecraft, <laughs> um, and I, I, I think the the problem with these with these developers, I mean, we have PopCap was bought by EA, and very quickly their the amount of money that they made um, off their games kind of trailed off, and and PopCap um, was a steal for that price uh, that they bought them for, which was like in the millions of dollars and tens of millions of dollars, maybe hundred millions of dollars, but anyway, much less than six billion. It seems insane to me that anyone would even think that that six billion was a good evaluation for this company, but especially because they only have one real game that they that they know and do do well. But that being said, having a a triple A huge development house that they can put their 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 properties possibly push them off on the on the mobile um, some of some of them. Um, I think that's probably more likely to happen on the Activision um, properties rather than the Blizzard properties, but it definitely seems like a possibility. And there's also to be said um, because King is a British developer, there's there's like tax implications, and, and you actually save a lot of money by not having to move, um, basically pull the money that you make in Europe, pull it into the U.S., and then spend it there. Instead, you spend it by buying a company that's in Europe. I so think there, you. There yeah. is some benefit to that, and I think that's the primary reason why when, when we're looking at it, we see they're spending $6 billion on this, but they might be saving a billion, $2 billion on tax, taxes by spending it directly on um, something that's in Europe. Yeah, so. exactly. I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, so if I get it correctly, they're spending $3 billion and having $3 billion in debt uh, to, to make that purchase. And out of those $3 billion they're spending, if they had to bring that money back to the US, they would spend a lot of that in tax. I think something like yeah. 30%, so about a billion. Uh, take those numbers with a grain of salt, but it's the general uh, idea. And so there's that, you know, that's already something that is a huge factor in the fact that they're paying that company um, for so much for that company. There's also the fact that all of those other, uh, you know, 
mobile gaming companies are one-hit wonders for sure yep. i mean you you look at supercell which is mainly clash of clans a couple of others you know heyday stuff like that but still it's mainly clash of clans um you have rovio which is absolutely only uh, angry birds <laughs> um but king it, it it seems that they are about 30 percent candy crush so that's not as much. We only hear about Candy Crush, but it seems they have a whole lot of other properties that are, they're making a lot of money out of. It's not just Candy Crush. On the other side of the deal, you have Activision Blizzard, where I think a lot of a, a lot of the uh, developers at the the studios actually don't want to work on mobile games yeah, of the yeah. kind that you know King exactly. does. So. It's not like they could have just said, all right, from now on, you, Treyarch, you know, or, you know, Team 5, you go work on Candy Crush 2, or you go work on a Match 3 game or a, an Endless Runner game. They don't want to do that. So th that's something that is um, somewhat important to remember as well, because they're buying expertise with king they're buying the number one or number two or whatever actor in the market and they immediately have that expertise to translate their existing games into um the you know a market that they absolutely need to be in or i guess they don't need to but they want to be in which is the mobile market which is very uh important right now uh and they wouldn't know how to make games that work in the mobile market and apparently king does uh, we're not counting hearthstone in this it's a different beast um there's also to an extent i think the fact that the apple tv relies on these types of games and and it seems in the first two or three weeks that the games are selling well on the Apple TV. They're making, uh, you know, they're topping the charts right now. Uh, and the fact that in the developing world, very often, uh, that's someone who sent a comment on Daily Tech News Show, Marlon from T Trinidad. He mentioned something that we didn't really take into account. Um, the the In the developing world, there is no other platform. You know, a, yeah. a lot of people are mainly true. playing with their mobile devices so that's what they game on and and they're quickly becoming a, a more and more important uh part of the gaming industry so i think it's a, a a combination of many different reasons that make this uh deal make sense when it seems like it doesn't initially and to be honest i'm still not sure it does but if it does i'm guessing those are, are the reasons but yeah and i think wow, i think six billions their introduction and introduction introduction into um <laughs> into other markets like you said is something that that is um a good investment because all while right now the mobile might be the only platform that they can they can use in those markets in the future it could be something that oh they can now sell call of duty to and, and stuff like that um and another thing to be mentioned is that um you still have people playing PS2s in Brazil right now, right? So it, it could be something that now they're, once they get to a point where they can afford things like Xboxes and, and things like that, then they could um, just be have instantly have customers. Mm. You know, I'm, 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 after all this, I have to admit, I wouldn't say no to a, if there was a, uh, I, I think that's the title I mentioned in my French show, a Rainer's Raiders uh, <laughs> tower defense game. I would pay more attention to it. But yeah. I guess we're not the target for those uh, 
types of developers, you know, for Candy Crush, but um, <laughs> for King. But, you know, Activision Blizzard, now they have Activision Publishing, Blizzard yep. Entertainment, the esports division, the uh, the studios, and the mobile division with King. That's an empire that they're building. It's it's pretty impressive, especially since a few years ago, Bobby Kotick uh, bought basically the company back from their previous owner, Vivendi, uh, yeah, to yeah. almost almost completely, and he's building it into something incredible. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's huge. I mean, I wouldn't be. It's kind of becoming a new Vivendi in a way, you know, with all the mm-hmm. all their different kind of arms that they have reaching out to to different markets and stuff. It, it's it's smart. Bobby Kotick, while some people like to make fun of him for for being um, <laughs> being uh, liking money a lot, but he's he's a smart <laughs> he's a smart businessman, and, and I and I think he's doing something really really well with with Activision Blizzard. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I, there's definitely, and you know, uh, Call of Duty uh, Black Ops 3 is getting some pretty good reviews, and I think there's definitely some, you know, he, he does it more for the money than for the art, for sure, but it can't be said that he's not a smart person. He's probably the, the person who's been in the industry the longest, uh, and he's been navigating this very well, so... Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's go to uh, quick news before we finish up with the releases uh, of the last couple of weeks. Uh, first of all, it seems SteamOS has even less reasons to be <laughs> your platform of choice now. Um, Ars Technica conducted a bunch of tests that showed it, the games perform significantly worse on SteamOS, which is Linux-based, than on Windows. And the reason seems to be that the drivers are a lot less optimized on Linux because obviously there are a lot less gamers on it and that means the manufacturers have less interest in spending time optimizing drivers but it can be pretty dramatic you have like 30 40 percent frame rate drop from between windows and steam os so really difficult to justify buying a a steam machine right now yeah i I mean personally i I wouldn't i wouldn't go for it you can spend the same amount of money and get and get the same kind of games on on your Xbox or, or PS4, or even go a little bit more and, and get a decent PC. Um, but I think it's something that we could look look for in the future when they actually get all their optimizations done. I mean, Windows has had years and years of optimizations done in a, in a way that um, that SteamOS coming right out of the gate just can't beat. But I, there is well, something to be said with with SteamOS being a smaller kind of kind of thing and, and something that could be very easily iterated on versus something versus windows maybe and if valve wants to i think they could help with the optimization of the drivers i'm not sure their heart is fully into it at this point you know we've mentioned a couple yeah. of times that they yeah. they started the SteamOS initiative as a tool to counter uh windows having more of a proprietary approach with the windows store and stuff like that gabe newell was afraid he was losing uh control on the steam platform and it could be bypassed by uh, the windows store that was a few years ago things haven't gone microsoft's way with windows 8 and so they've been playing nice with uh, the game industry on pc which means SteamOS is not that much needed anymore for Valve. Maybe yeah, they're going to work on it. You know, maybe they are going to help uh, the manufacturers improve the drivers on on Linux. But I'm not sure they will. And and it's always the issue of there is a small uh, market. It's not really financially interesting, and it's the vicious circle. Circle. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I uh, think I think that they're 
that their focus with SteamOS has, is now less of a trying to kill Windows as the, as the main gaming oper- operating system and more as a way to get people to play Steam on their TVs mm. um, with like big picture mode and, and stuff like that. So Yeah, but people can do that on Windows machine and they're going to have better performance and better game selection. Yeah, I mean, so. they, can, they can, but not everyone has a computer that's right next to their TV. So. Well, if you're going to buy a, a, a Steam machine, you're buying a computer. You could have yeah, it yeah, on, on SteamOS or on Windows. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, we'll see what happens with SteamOS. I'm not very hopeful. Unfortunately, it's, it's a nice project. Um, League of Legends has, is receiving its, its biggest update since basically since the game was launched. I don't know League of Legends very well, but apparently it involves you know a, a client update uh, at last, a dynamic group queue, there's character selection changes, uh, there's a mastery path to, uh, for the characters. I'm, I'm just reading uh, features here. I'm not familiar with the game but apparently it's a big deal so if you're into league of legends uh maybe go check it out um dragon quest heroes which i talked about just a little bit earlier is coming to steam possibly in 2016 it's on ps4 exclusive for this year um but there was a leak that makes it uh, likely that it's going to come out on steam and as i mentioned it's a really fun game so you might want to put it on your list for a potential sale later uh, down the line um, the EA Sports cover curse has yeah, right? has worked again. <laughs> um, we were talking about uh, female empowerment a little bit earlier, and for the first time um, on uh, EA Sports uh, UFC, it's basically the second game, UFC 2, uh, we're having a female character on the cover. Uh, not a character, a female fighter on the cover. It's Ronda Rousey, and unfortunately she uh, lost her game in the current championship. Mm-hmm. Um for the first time in like forever she was i think everyone knows ronda rousey at this point she's so prevalent and such a powerful uh uh character that everyone likes you know whoever you are you're probably thinking yeah she's she's badass and she would kick anyone's ass uh and she's become very public uh, but uh, i saw mitsula on on twitter saying that the odds were 8.5 to 1 um like for like 8.5 yeah one for Ronda Rousey or, or whatever, but basically people that bet money got eight point five return on uh, <laughs> on uh, if they bet against Ronda Rousey. So <laughs> yeah, but you know, aside from that, I think it's really cool that she's on the cover of the um, of the the game, um, and and she's just a, a cool person. I don't know if you've heard interviews with her or yeah, her, yeah. her approach to things is is very cool, and she's very active and and you know. In, in her approach to all of this. So, and it's cool that we have a, an actually, and you know, she's very strong. She's very badass, and she's actually pretty, which helps. You know, she has everything going for her. So, um, she's like the, the, uh, uh, kind of a Daniel Craig version of <laughs> a female Daniel Craig, I, except I guess Daniel Craig can actually beat someone to a pulp with his bare uh-huh. hands. Um, the Witcher is coming to theaters. There was a a, a, a TV show uh, w- that was very cheap done from The Witcher yeah, property, yeah, but yeah. apparently they're making a movie out of it. Hey, uh, that's cool. I love The Witcher universe, so just yeah. more in it sounds good to me. 
and the 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 respect that CD Projekt uh, has for their fans is inspiring. Yep. So I hope they will uh, helm the movie as well in the same way. Um, just so uh, a, a quick re not reminder, but numbers for The Witcher Three. The numbers were uh, 6 million sold in six weeks. And uh, we've had numbers for Fallout, which has shipped. It's not sold, but it's only physical copies. Uh, 12 million copies in one day. So, yeah, Fallout is definitely a success. Uh, we're transitioning to the uh, releases of the, the past week or so. Um Fallout has been watched by 250,000 people on on Twitch, uh, 440,000 concurrent players on Steam. Which beat out Dota. I think it was everything but Valve games. So right. um, it beat out every single game on Steam for concurrent players ever, yeah. except for like Dota 2, which has millions of people playing all the time. So you've been playing it. You just played uh, the the beginning, right? You've played a few hours, and yeah, you're, I, you're loving I, it already. I've I've dove I dove into it. I played um, the first section basically all the way up until you walk out of the vault. Um, for, oh, so it's really the introduction. It, it, but you know that that was the very beginning, and then I stopped for a little bit, and then I dove back in, and I've gotten I've completed the first uh, two or three quests, and I just started getting the part where you build your base up, and man, that's That's something that I I have a feeling I'm going to be spending a lot of hours in just placing beds around the the thing and building up houses and um but yeah it's 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 a lot of fun so far I've already you get the power armor right at the beginning and it's not just a cosmetic thing like it was in three in, in New Vegas you actually like get into it and you're more protected and and stuff like that um and yeah it it's it's really cool the shooting is significantly better than it was in um in Fallout 3 to the point where in Fallout 3 I felt like I had to use VATS almost all the time. I was playing very early in the game, so I, I didn't have a lot of skills yet. But um, in Fallout 4, I, I used VATS plenty of times. Can, but, can, you, can you quickly oh, explain yeah, yeah, what yeah, VATS sorry. is? For so VATS, um, in Fallout 3, it was you, you pause the game and you were able to uh, choose where on the enemy you could shoot Um, and you had different percentages based on how likely it was for you to kill um, or, or land the shot and or, or even having a melee weapon hit hit the thing uh, hit the enemy but um, in Fallout 4 it's it's you they go into slow-mo which is a little bit nicer because in Fallout 3 when when you go into vats everyone was frozen so if there was anything like blocking them they you would have to just close out of vats and reopen when they move um, so with, with Four, they slow down and you're able to line up your shots um, and choose where to shoot um, quickly and easily. Um, but like I was kind of hinting at was I don't know if it's 100% necessary anymore. I mean, I'm able to so land you're saying it's more, shots. It's more action. I think that that would scare people who are, you know, fans of the RPG type because especially for fallout it it's a very rpg thing that people who like the original mm -hmm. ones or at least three are, are like that it's slow and that you can take your time and do whatever you want what you're saying is it's more action oriented well so you can play it however you want 
right? So mm. you can use VATS all the time if that's what you want to do. My point is that there, there's a downtime where you use up all your ability points and you have to wait for them to recharge. And during that time in Fallout 3, you felt kind of useless um, because you ha- pretty much had to use VATS in order to, to be successful in combat. In Fallout 4, you, even though you're out of ability points and you can't use VATS for a little while, you don't feel completely um, neutered because of it. Mm, so okay. I, 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 in the, the all the RPG elements and that kind of stuff is still there. Um, you still have the very obscure kind of uh, the special points are kind of like what, what is this supposed to do for me? And you have the the perks and stuff like that. So uh, to uh, a person that's really really into Fallout, you're just going to get more great Fallout. To someone that might not have enjoyed the the kind of slowish pace of of three and the the fact that you felt like you weren't very successful in combat, um, maybe you could dive right into Fallout Four and and still feel um, like a badass. So. Okay. So, are you a uh, fan of Bethesda games like Skyrim? And because uh, I played, I loved Skyrim. Mm-hmm. I played Fallout Three a little bit. It was on sale and didn't love it. You know, the intro is fun, but then. I don't know. It didn't grab me. Um, a little bit too brainy. I want to smash stuff, I guess. But uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely in in Fallout Three. It felt like um, at the beginning, you don't really get into a lot of combat, um, especially because you're doing a lot of you're doing a lot of talking. You're in that first Megaton area, and you're just kind of talking with the characters. And, and even when you go on your first quest, it's just you walk over to a house, you go in, and you talk to a lady, and then you go back. Um, with four, it's Definitely, you you get right into combat from the very beginning, and um, I'd say compare it to Skyrim. I mean, it, it, there's more combat. I think the combat's a lot nicer in the fall in Fallout than it was in in, in Skyrim. Um, mostly because I felt like the combat in Skyrim was kind of clunky and and very mm. forceful in, in a way that that didn't feel good, but. Um, I definitely say if you're a fan of Bethesda games and you're even a fan of, of Elder Scrolls and really wasn't looking that forward to Fallout 4, definitely give it give it a whirl. I mean, if you want to, you can wait until it's on sale for a cheaper price if you don't want to put a full sixty dollar investment in. But I can already tell that it's going to be a game that I can I will play for a very very long time. Okay, and I guess a, a lot of people have been raving about it, yeah. so uh, I think it's it's very likely that. Uh, it's hmm, i i'm gonna get it i think we mentioned last time uh i'm probably gonna get it as a present you know for it's gonna be on my wish list so mm-hmm. um we'll see we'll see but uh it's it's uh, something that i'm intrigued by and so many people are raving about it that it's difficult to to stay away from it um definitely if you're a fan of uh of uh the the Fallout games, you're probably going to be playing it already. So, what do I need to talk to you for? <laughs> um, Call of Duty Black Ops Three, as I mentioned, has been re- reviewed surprisingly well. Uh, it's really trying to do everything for everyone. There's uh, co-op modes. I mean, solo can be played co-op. You have the PvP, which apparently is is more fun and more new than it was in previous updates um you have the zombie mode which is very expensive uh there's a bunch of stuff it's 
I'm not sure I'm going to... I was disappointed by Advanced Warfare, so I might not get it this year. We'll see next uh, next time. Um, and Activision is mentioning that it is selling significantly better than Advanced Warfare and Ghost, for which they didn't put out any numbers and they didn't say anything. So it might not be saying much, but um, it seems it's being received better than the previous versions. The PC version is a mess, though. So yeah. if you're thinking of getting it on PC, you might want to wait a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's not... I don't know why I'm even remotely surprised, but I've always the PC versions of the Call of Duty games in the past have always been pretty well optimized. And, and, but uh, with the way that PC development has been going lately, I don't know. Mm. It seems it seems like uh, I think one of, one of the problems is that um, previously, when you had to release to all three platforms, you kind of had to develop for all three platforms. Um, now with with the new consoles being x86 and having gigabytes of RAM and stuff like that, that people, they, they want to optimize for their market, which is to say with call of duty, it is the console market. And so they just kind of do a lazy port over to the PC version. So mm, maybe, yeah, it's <clears throat> very possible. Um, and finally rise of the tomb Raider. I have ordered it. I have not received it, uh, but it's also out. Have you looked at it? Yeah, I, I played it at PAX, and it, and it was a lot of fun. They seemed to be going a little bit deeper into puzzle mechanics and, and stuff like that. Um, I am interested in it, but I think I'm going to wait till the PC version comes out in um, in early early 2016, Q1 2016, and mm. just pass off on the Xbox version for now. Because I, play, I played the original one on the Xbox, or on the PC, rather, um, and it w- went very smoothly. So I'm you hoping know- that the... Yeah, PC version of this one goes smoothly as well. Yeah, the Microsoft partnership is probably going to mean that it will be. Uh, yeah, it will exactly. Go smoothly. Exactly. Um, I'm. It's one of the things I've been waiting for that game for so long. And I mean, we're not a review show, so we're not. This is not intended to be reviews, and that's not what we're about. But I've been waiting for it for a really long time. I got my Xbox One just for this game, basically, uh, more <laughs> or less. And now that it's out. I have so many things to play, and that's what we were talking about. There are so many things to play right now. It's pretty amazing how uh, uh, even this game, which I'm sure I'm going to have so much fun with, I'm not jumping on immediately. And um, I I think it's going to be an excellent couple of months gaming-wise because... The first things that you know, the first things you jump on are you're you're just excited with immediately, and then it, you play for a little while, and then you you stop, you know, you slow down, and then you realize, oh my god, I also have this thing, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and you you jump into it, and then Christmas arrives, and pr- maybe you're gonna treat yourself, or someone is gonna gift you a game that you didn't really want to shell out the entire price for but then you're going to be having fun with that thing as well it's a wonderful time to be a gamer so yeah i mean and um to kind of back up on that the the next year early 2016 releases there's a ton of games coming out in fall in uh sorry in uh in february and march to the point that that i don't think has been a very big thing uh before so um, we're just going to get more and more early and early in the year, and we don't have to wait till the fall season every single year to get all the all the really really crazy good games. Um, I mean, Deus Ex is coming out at the end of February, and that one looks really good, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, and then there's uh, Uncharted Four, and yep. and then we're diving into the VR 
part of the year, which is yeah, going to be crazy as well. So, yeah, it, it's certainly going to be uh, pretty exciting. And uh, I, I, you know, there are a ton of games that I get, can't wait to get my hands off on. So, um, all right. I think that is going to be it for, for the show. Um, any parting words? Any last uh, comment you want to make? You'll play Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's on my Christmas wish list. So I go, think I'll go. I'll I'll get it uh sometime in end of December and it will be a game I'll be uh at least trying. I'm obviously going to be trying it. So awesome. And uh, on my end, I will let you know that uh, for Overwatch, we're going to be finally recording an episode of uh, Overwatchers, our Overwatch podcast with Garrett Weindrell. Uh We're going to be doing that this week because he was off getting like married, married like, stuff, like yeah. oh, stupid <laughs> marriage uh and then you know there was blizzcon there was a marriage blizzcon honeymoon all of that getting in the way of us talking about overwatch that's unacceptable and we're gonna fix it this week uh guaranteed we'll have an episode out where we're gonna splurge on our overwatch happiness um and hopefully it will make uh it will we will make it uh enjoyable for people who do not have access to the game yet that's what we'll strive for it anyway yeah um, i mean if you if you want to pull some strings with your old blizzard friends and and get me a beta access code that'd be great <laughs> but it's fine it's fine whatever <laughs> you know i think you might be the first person who's asked this oh yeah i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah so that will be on a move.tv which is garrett's site mm-hmm. um what about you ed where can we find you on the web. Yeah, you can you can follow me on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash adesis. Um, that'll be in the in the show notes. Um, but also you can just kind of follow what's happening um, with the website stuff over at uh, fourplayernetwork.com and we stream live every single night on at 4pp.tv. And there's some cool um, if you go to 4pp.tv and you're used to kind of the, the Twitch experience where you have um, the chat and in the in the the frame and stuff like that. I've done a lot of cool work on the website to kind of allow people to kind of have the twitch experience completely in um in our own um on our own website in a way that that's really cool so cool. give it a give it a try excellent that's on 4pp.tv thanks very much for being on um yeah of course thanks for having me back if for me it will be on twitter i'm not patrick you can find me there you can also find me on facebook not patrick as well um and you can find this show on frenchspin.com you can also find another show called the phyllis club i mention it from time to time but i think uh the next episode which we'll record in about i don't know 10 days or so uh is going to be especially interesting because we are going to be talking about what happened in paris and what we do mm-hmm. in that show is that um, we get people from different countries, different perspectives, different cultures to talk about the way they perceived and they understood events that happened in the world in uh, the past month. So um, we're probably going to get, uh, you know, we might we have shows where we might have someone from Saudi Arabia. My friend Turkey is often participating, someone from the U.S., someone from Asia, and we all discuss how we um, receive 
leave the news. And in these kinds of instances where there's one event that has worldwide resonance, uh, it's always interesting to uh, to hear the one we did on the Charlie Hebdo attacks, uh, I think was a very good example of what the show can be at its best. Um, that was back in January last year. We do shows all the time. Um, so anyway, if you think that's something that might be interesting to you, if you like games and you also want to stay <laughs> informed about other things, you can go check that out at frenchspin.com. The show is called The Phyllis Club. And of course, you can come tell us what you thought of this current show, the, uh, the show Pixels. And if we said things that didn't make sense or if you disagreed vehemently, come and let us know. Uh, you can do that in the comments, comments as well. And either way, we will be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode of Pixels. Thanks so much for listening and see you then. Bye, guys. Love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 